Mr. President, thank you so much uh, for your time. Uh, we are really happy to see you here. And I would like to ask you a um, first uh, question uh, regarding um, uh, Ukraine. As you are a uh, border country with Ukraine, how do you see in which way war in Ukraine is developing? The situation is very difficult and, of course, Ukrainians are resisting uh, the Russian troops uh, in a very decisive way and uh, this amazed the whole world a couple of months ago because, speaking openly, most experts had expected that Ukraine would give up to Russia very quickly. Uh, some people assessed that uh, the Russians would conquer Ukraine within 72 hours, but it turned out that it was a misconception. As Volodymyr Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, told me uh, just a few hours before the Russian invasion, when we uh, saw each other uh, in Kiev the last time before the war, that is why when I visited uh, Kiev, with the Lithuanian president, Gitanas Nozada, and when we said goodbye to Volodymyr Zelensky, Volodymyr Zelensky told me, Andrzej, if Putin thinks that he would take control over Ukraine within a couple of hours or a couple of days, then he's deeply mistaken, because people are going to defend their independence and freedom till their last breath. We have got eight hours of experience of war fighting in Ugansk and in Donbas, so we are not going to give up so easily. It is going to be a very heavy war for Russia, and this is what happened. This is happening all the time. The Russians are suffering huge losses. However, the Russian war machine is huge, many times bigger uh, than what Ukraine is capable of. So today the defense of Ukraine is going on, uh, hugely thanks to international assistance, uh, which comes also from Poland. We're providing uh, also military assistance, but also it comes from many other directions. And this is what I want to stress very strongly. This assistance is coming to Ukraine all the time, although it is very much needed all the time. And I appeal to the whole international community to support Ukraine uh, to defend itself today. Ukraine needs very much a heavy artillery with long range, because this is what Russians are using against the Ukrainian troops trying to push them um, into the inside Ukraine. They try to conquer more territory. So the situation in Ukraine is difficult, but Ukraine is still fighting. And this is very impressive. Their huge determination. I also stressed it in the context of the European aspirations of Ukraine. I said that today Ukrainians are signing the direction in which they want their state to go with their own blood. So this is not a state which they agree to give up as part of a Ruski Mir. They do not want Ruski Mir. So they are paying with their own blood not to have this Ruskimir. They want to defend themselves against the Ruskimir. They want to be part of the free West. They want to be part of the community of democratic states, of honest uh, states, states which uh, uh, respect uh, fundamental values. And this uh, voice should be heard today. That is why I'm doing so much and making so much efforts to make sure that Ukraine is given the EU candidate status, because this is very important for Ukrainian defenders from the psychological point of view. Yes, Mr. President, you already mentioned that you are helping a lot Ukraine with uh, military aid, uh, uh, hosting also Ukrainian refugees. But how do you see how long you can uh, cope with that? How long you will have resources, patience, will in your society to 
No to jest bardzo dobre pytanie. Jak długo, tak? Jak długo może? Yes, this is a very good question. How long? How long can cope with this? Well, this question is better addressed to my compatriots, because please remember, nobody was calling upon Polish people to accept Ukrainian refugees to their homes, those who are fleeing the war. They are called refugees, but we call them our guests. Predominantly, they are women and children. Polish people opened up their homes and hearts, taking them to their homes. We do not have any refugee camps. We did not need to build any refugee camp in Poland because everybody found their place in private homes, uh, in different guest houses, in different kind of facilities, um, hospitality places where they have been accepted. And today we have got more than two million people there. First and foremost, women and children, they are still staying in Poland. A total number of more than four million refugees from Ukraine uh, crossed the border to Poland, but right now we have got about two million staying in Poland. Uh, the Polish state is supporting them. The Polish state, the Polish parliament, the same, has adopted a special act of law, which gives equal rights uh, to uh, the refugees from Ukraine with uh, the rights of the Polish people. They have got the same uh, possibilities when it comes to welfare benefits. They have got the same possibilities when it comes to the right to work, uh, the right to health protection. In other words, they can use our health care system, uh, Polish hospitals, and so on. They have got the same rights also in terms of access to education, to kindergartens, and so on and so forth. Everything which is needed for children, we are trying to uh, provide them with that. But of course, that uh, is connected with huge costs, and the Polish state is bearing those costs. According to the government's assessment, this can be about 20 billion euro by the end of this year, which we will have to pay. So that is a huge amount of money. We hope that we will get EU assistance. So far, we have not received it at any decent level, really. Uh, so we are getting millions of euro. The European Commission has been um, indicating such sums, but what we need is billions, not millions. So we hope that this help and solidarity from the European Union will be displayed towards us, because today it is upon the Polish budget. Today this is upon ordinary people in Poland who uh, are hosting um, the Ukrainians in their homes. All of us hope that we will survive this difficult time together. We all hope that our Ukrainian guests will be able to return to their homes when the danger is over, when they no longer have to fear for their life and for their health. But we also hope that we'll be able to get this support from other countries, because indeed, we are the neighbor who has welcomed the biggest number of refugees, the biggest number of guests from Ukraine in our territory, and we need this support. This is an unprecedented situation in our history. Never before have we received two million people in our country uh, within two weeks. This is unprecedented. This is something extraordinary. We have coped with this huge influx of people on our border. When I asked our Minister of Interior and Administration, Mr. Mariusz Kamiński, uh, before the war broke out, what is the capacity of our border crossings with Ukraine? He told me that according to their estimates, it's about 100,000 people per day uh, who they can clear and get through the border between Poland and Ukraine. Then it turned out that actually it is 200,000 who can cross the border. Um, this is unimaginable, but indeed there were a couple of days when 200,000 people per day crossed the border from Ukraine to Poland. Of course, this movement is now much smaller, but it's still there. About 20,000 Ukrainians per day come to Poland.
Some of them find a shelter in Poland, those who want, of, uh, of course, but as I'm saying, this is an um, extraordinary situation in our history. We are coping with it, but the situation is not easy to us, and we need support very much. And I thank for every single kind of support. We need this support, uh, institutional support from all directions, first and foremost from the European Union, which we are part of, um, being a member of the European community, but we also need it from all other sides, from all other institutions. There is a lot of support also from private persons from all over the world, from the United States. And we are deeply grateful to all those who are supporting us, who are helping, and who are uh, paying different sums, um, making collections, organizing equipment, uh, providing this equipment to hospitals made in Poland or in Ukraine. Thank you very much for that. Time to time we hear somewhere in the social medias or some experts say that Poland might be the next which Russia would like to attack. Do you believe that it might happen even you are, if you are a NATO member state? And do you feel safe in this situation? Well, I don't have to look at the social media in order to uh, hear this kind of announcement or this kind of fear. Please remember that in 2008, such words were said by the then Polish president Lech Kaczyński, who uh, together with uh, the presidents of our part of Europe, exactly among others with the president of Latvia, with the president of Estonia, Lithuania, and also Ukraine then, they flew together to Tbilisi when Tbilisi was being attacked by the Russians. And there, uh, in the main street, of Tbilisi, they gave speeches in front of the uh, Georgians who came there. And then Lekaczynski, the Polish president, said, we came here because Russia is uh, uh, coming back to its imperial ambitions, which have to be stopped uh, at all costs, because unless they are stopped by the world, then today it is Georgia. Tomorrow, perhaps, it will be Ukraine, said the Polish president back then, then the Baltic states, and then perhaps my country, Poland. So, that uh, announcement uh, was made more than 10 years ago by Lech Kaczyński. This fear of Russian aggression was expressed back then. In 2014, it became a fact in Ukraine, when Ukraine was attacked by Russia for the first time, and when Russia occupied uh, Donetsk and Lugansk uh, regions. Uh, well, they were said to be separatists, but everybody knows who they really were. And now, in 2022, they launched this frontal attack against Ukraine. So, of course, there is a fear. If uh, Russia is not stopped, and today Ukrainians are doing that mm, with their own chest, they are stopping Russia their own blood. That is why it is so important to our part of Europe and to the world. So they are stopping the Russian imperial ambitions today. Uh, they are constraining the aggression of the Russian uh, armed forces, this aggressive doctrine of the Russian mir, uh, Ruski mir. But of course, you have to expect that if Ukraine falls, if Ukraine gives up, then probably the next aim would be other states, the Baltic states, Poland, uh, perhaps the states of the former so-called Soviet bloc, Slovakia, the Czech Republic, Hungary, Romania, Bulgaria. So, well, this is a clear ambition of Vladimir Putin, of the Russian leader today, and of uh, his inner circle of the uh, Russian regime, as we call it. It is their ambition to come back to the great tradition of the Soviet empire, some people call it, but some people say it is a Tsar empire, and a Tsar empire, as far as Poland is concerned, is stretched out to the city of Kalish, which means that they would be willing to concur more than half of 
of the Polish territory. We will never accept that. And we will um, defend our country, our independence, and our freedom. We were behind the Iron Curtain. We know what uh, the Russian, the Soviet sphere of influence means, and we don't want to see it ever again. Just like the Ukrainians, they also know what it means, what Russia means, what uh, the Soviet Union means, what Ruski Mir means, and they prefer to die than to give up to the Ruski Mir. But Mr. President, I want to ask you, because you mentioned recently that you have already given Ukraine so much of your military resources, and you would need promised aid from the other countries, Germany included. In that context, uh, at the moment, can you def defend yourself if something happens? Well, the whole point is that we are not only assuming that we are going to defend ourselves, but still we trust that being part of the North Atlantic Alliance, just like the Latvia and other Baltic states, by the way, uh, we do not only have our own forces, but we also have allied support, which is very important. The proof of that, uh, this allied support is, for instance, more than 10,000 U.S. troops who are in Poland today, uh, anti-missile systems, U.S. anti missile systems, which today are protecting uh, different places in Poland. I'm referring first and foremost to the Patriot systems, but we have the U.S. armed forces in Poland. We've got NATO forces led by U.S. forces in the Suwalki Gap, which is a small piece of land um, connecting the Baltic states with the rest of the European Union and with other NATO member states. So there is this uh, allied preparedness in Poland. But of course, it is true that we have given a significant part of our armaments to Ukraine, of our equipment, first and foremost, tanks, but also howitzers, gun howitzers, crap, sorry, rack gun howitzers. So, indeed, uh, we have donated um, a lot of equipment to Ukraine, uh, more than 200 tanks, so the numbers are indeed high. So, uh, the total military assistance, only military assistance, which we have donated to Ukraine directly from Poland, is worth, worth more than $1.6 billion, not Polish lottery, but dollars, US dollars, which means it is a significant kind of assistance. We have donated the uh, missile artillery uh, systems. We have also donated um, other kind of uh, equipment, infantry fighting vehicles, uh, not only tanks. We have donated a lot of ammunition of many different kinds and also rifles to Ukraine, uh, Polish production rifles. So indeed, speaking about the equipment, we have donated a lot of it to Ukraine just to make sure that they can stop this Russian invasion because we know what it means and we know how hugely important this role is, which the Ukrainians have assumed upon themselves to stop Russian imperial ambitions. And we have to do everything possible, not only to stop Russia and Ukraine, but first and foremost, to force Russia out of Ukraine. It is extremely important that Ukraine comes back to its borders, internationally recognized borders. This is a significant, hugely significant task for the free world today, for the decent world, for the honest world, the world which respects international law, being aware that international law is the greatest guarantee of peace. 
to make sure that Ukraine comes back to its internationally recognized border and by the same token that also internationally recognized border is restored to Ukraine. This is hugely important. But let me reiterate, we are not alone. We believe in that. Of course, we have got our own soldiers. Right now, we are modernizing the Polish armed forces. A couple of months ago, we have adopted a new act of law on the defense of homeland. We intend to increase the size of our armed forces uh, to almost 300,000 troops. We right now are implementing huge purchases, including 250 Abrams tanks from the United States. We also plan to buy several hundred tanks from South Korea, lighter tanks than Abrams. We have already ordered uh, missile artillery systems, HIMARS, in the United States. We are waiting for the waiting for the deliveries. We have got Patriot anti-missile uh, systems, uh, which we have ordered. We are waiting for those deliveries. We bought those systems a couple of years ago. We should get them the first sets this year. We have also F-35 jets, which we have ordered in the United States. Soon, the first pieces, the first jets should come to Poland. So we are modernizing. Uh, but we uh, plan to go ahead with it next year. We are increasing our defense spending to uh, the level of 3% of GDP. And probably those spendings are going to further increase because we understand that we need a missile defense, the situation in Ukraine and how Ukraine is defending itself today against the Russian invasion shows very clearly that missile defense and air defense is of huge importance. It is going to protect airports. The systems will protect cities and people. But first and foremost, the systems will allow the troops to regroup and to possibly counterattack should it turn out that the enemy would like to enter into our territory. Mr. President, you have been quite critical uh, towards uh, Germany and France, how they are dealing with this situation. And you even invited Mr. Macron and Mr. Scholz to visit Irpin. They did it. They went there. Um, how do you see uh, this aspect, uh, how these big countries are dealing with this war situation? Well, this is the question of tactics and also how we approach this situation from the tactical and strategic point of view. I believe that because Putin attacked Ukraine without any reason, Russia attacked Ukraine without any justification, there was no pretext to launch an attack on Ukraine. Everything that the Russian propaganda is saying is just lies. Uh, they are saying something about Nazis. Uh, they are talking about some kind of attacks uh, um, against Russians which would take place in Ukraine about ethnic cleansing. This is lies. This is just a pack of lies spread by the Russian propaganda. And uh, it is used as a pretext only to attack a sovereign and independent state, which Ukraine is, and in order to um, implement this greediness of Russian imperialism, to take control of more areas, to make other nations uh, subjugated to yourself. Russians want um, to rule other nations. They want to use them um, as a working force. They want to use their resources. And we are saying no to this. There is no doubt whatsoever that Russia is the aggressor, that Russia uh, has caused uh, this whole misery, that if there is hunger in the African states because uh, there are no grain deliveries from Ukraine, this is going to be the fault of Russia. Nobody else will be guilty because Russia attacked Ukraine. If Russia had not attacked Ukraine, we would not have all these problems. Having said that, I have no doubts that today one should not talk to Putin at all, uh, that Russia should be internationally isolated as long as it does not start to ask for peace. I think this is the point of the strategic uh, mistake. You do not uh, call Vladimir Putin just to talk to him and to legitimize his regime and what is he is doing in Ukraine. Uh, he is just a bandit. 
And if he wants to have any kind of relations, she, he should ask for those relations. And this is the point. It is not that we should not talk to him at all. The thing is that he should be the one who is asking, and he should not be the one who is dictating conditions to others, because the biggest problem today is that Russia could start imposing some kind of conditions. And at the end of the day, um, this conflict, this military conflict could end according to Russia's conditions. And this would have to be harmful to Ukraine. First and foremost, Ukraine has to sit at the table of every discussion about its future and about how this military conflict should come to an end. Uh, so nothing can happen without the consent and will of Ukraine. This is my first assumption. And secondly, let us remember that Russia is the aggressor here. It is Russia who invaded Ukraine. It is Russia who has to pay military compensations for the damages in Ukraine. It is Russia who bears responsibility for all the murders which were perpetrated. And the perpetrators should uh, also be found. And it is Russia who is uh, the one who invaded, who caused the war. And Russia should bear all the consequences. And the world should enforce it in a very decisive way. And sometimes it is just blood curling when you hear that Russia has to save its face, that you, you must not uh, humiliate Russia. So what does it mean? That Russia can trample on everyone? Uh, Russia can uh, occupy somebody's territory, invade the territory? It can destroy grain? It can destroy harvest? And Russia should uh, keep its face? When Nazi Germany invaded Poland and then Europe, was anyone saying that Germans had to save their face? Everybody knew that Germans were the aggressors, that they were the invaders. First was the German attack, then was the Holocaust and the entire huge tragedy which was connected with the Nazi actions. But first was just a normal military aggression. Was anyone, say, anyone saying then that one had to negotiate with Germans? Nobody negotiated with Germans. Everybody knew that Germany launched a war against Poland, then against Europe and against the world. And today we have a very similar situation. Russia is waging a war against Ukraine. But as a matter of fact, it is a war against the world. And Russia is fully aware of it. And it is uh, threatening others. And there are some leaders in the world which are saying, well, Russia has to save its face. It is quite ununderstandable to me. I don't understand it. And if you are saying, Madam, are we afraid? Yes, indeed. Yes, our part of Europe, this part of Europe, which remembers the Iron Curtain, this part of Europe, which remembers what it means to be part of the Russian sphere of influence, does not accept this kind of fearful policy from the West, on the one hand. Uh, this is also a kind of a cynical policy, um, which is aimed at uh, doing business with Russia. It is not really aimed at keeping the uh, world based on values. Yes, we are afraid of such a policy. We do not accept such policy. That is why I'm repeating. There is no discussion whatsoever that Russia should save its face, that one must not humiliate Russia. Russia is the aggressor. Russia is the invader. Russia is killing people. Russia is uh, destroying uh, houses, uh, Russia and residential houses. Russia is destroying the country. One must not allow that happening. We have to stop Russia at all costs. We have to remember that it's not going to stop in Ukraine if the world allows. Uh, so in a moment, there can be any pretext, uh, just like the pretext was made up to attack Ukraine. Under another pretext, another country could be invaded. In a moment, we will see that Nazis and fascists are everywhere because this is convenient to Russia. Russia is going to say, 
oh, we are afraid that NATO is somewhere. NATO never threatened Russia. NATO is a defensive alliance. NATO has never, ever been aggressive towards Russia. It was Russia, it is Russia who is aggressive vis-a-vis -vis NATO. NATO planes have never infringed Russian airspace. It is Russian jets over the last years which have uh, kept um, infringing the airspace of the Baltic states, which have um, violated the airspace over other NATO states. It was the Russian Navy which behaved in an aggressive way in different places on the seas. It was Russian services who killed people in London. It was not NATO. It was not the West was aggressive towards Russia. It was Russia who was aggressive, and it is Russia who is the aggressor. And very, very finally, Mr. President, who is the closest ally for you in this situation, for Poland, the closest friend, the closest ally? We have got a very good understanding. Well, I can speak in my capacity as the president of Poland with my relations with other presidents. We have got excellent understanding when it comes to our neighbors in the broad meaning of this world uh, with the Baltic states. And the best testimony to this uh, was my visit uh, right before the war broke out, a couple of hours before the Russian invasion of Ukraine, together with Lithuanian President Mr. Gitanas Nauseda to Kiev. Then we paid a joint visits, the presidents of Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, and myself, we paid a visit in April to Kiev. And back then, we also visited Borodyanka and Irpin. And we saw uh, the uh, huge destruction which was uh, the, after the Russian forces were forced out, uh, after they withdrew, they ruined uh, those uh, little towns and neighborhoods uh, near Kiev. The huge tragedy which is inflicted by them, it's unimaginable. It is good that the leaders of the Western states, of the biggest states, uh, France, uh, Germany, and Italy, have recently visited Irpin and saw that, because it really mm, it makes a huge impression, negative impression. And then you are able to see with your own eyes what this war looks like and who really Really is responsible for the mm, huge misery and the destruction which has been inflicted uh, on Ukraine by Russia. So here, this cooperation in our part of Europe is really very good indeed. Um, we are cooperating among ourselves also in energy security, military security. We are also implementing a common policy. But of course, our great allies is first and foremost the United States of America. President Biden paid a visit to Warsaw uh, recently, and he used very strong words, um, is speaking about Article 5 uh, in Warsaw, in the Castle Square. He said that Article 5 is um, binding and it is uh, protecting all NATO member states uh, from any aggression. These words were very clear and very strong. Today we have got U.S. troops in Poland and in the Suwalki Gap, which means they are protecting also the security of the Baltic states. And uh, we also have got very important alliances within the European Union and NATO, that is uh, Germany, France, but also the United Kingdom, which, uh, well, has left the European Union. It is no longer part of the European Union, but it is still part of NATO, and they also have got a sizable army. Me. So you can feel that NATO is strong, that it is coherent and cohesive, that there is this international solidarity. And recently we have had a meeting of both Bucharest 9. It happened just a couple of days ago. It was hosted in Bucharest. And yesterday we met within the Three Seas Initiative states. 
which is a similar uh, format um, here in Riga. We were invited by uh, President uh, Agilevitz, and we also discussed security-related matters, for example, energy security. Uh, we uh, talked about our uh, coherence in, in messaging, how we should be developing the communication. So we have got this cooperation in our part of Europe. This cooperation is uh, perhaps tighter in some areas and looser in other areas, but we have got the same strivings and the same ambitions. Yesterday there was um, no vote of uh, objection, no Nobody expressed any objection whatsoever uh, concerning Ukraine uh, being granted the status of EU candidate. That was uh, the idea which um, I initiated um, three days after Russia um, attacked Ukraine. We signed a joint letter with nine presidents, uh, including also the president of Latvia and the um, presidents of other Baltic states. And we addressed that letter to the president of the European Commission. Um, and we um, called that Ukraine should be granted this candidate status as soon as possible in an extraordinary fast-track mode. So you can see that also we are trying to undertake joint actions on this political path. We share a common view of the situation, which I believe is very important. We support each other. And I believe that this is a matter of huge importance. As I said, the uh, Three Seas Summit yesterday, on the one hand, we are talking about the candidate status for Ukraine, and on the other hand, uh, we also established a special dedicated new status within the Three Seas Initiative because President Volodymyr Zelensky was our guest yesterday. Uh, he joined us remotely. It was a VTC uh, connection, and he gave a speech, a statement at the Three Seas Summit as a guest, and he said, among others, that he would like Ukraine to join the three Cs. Uh, all of us know that uh, the rule is that the um, member states of the three Cs in the complete meaning of this word are those states which are also members of the European Union. But because we assume that Ukraine will be granted the EU candidate status um, very shortly, that uh, the European Council will be unanimous on this one, we can say that yesterday we granted to Ukraine a new kind of status which we established within the framework of the three Cs initiative a status of a cooperating partner or participating partner. This is the name we gave uh, to this initiative. And uh, we, this status uh, can be granted to any member states who will be a candidate to the European Union. If that state also wants to be part of the Three Seas Initiative, then this new status, which we jointly granted to Ukraine yesterday, any other state will be able to receive this status too. It is uh, not a member in the Three Cs initiative, but it allows the participation in different programs within the Three Cs initiative, for example, a road or rail connections, uh, such as Rail Baltica, uh, such as Via Baltica, such as Via Carpathia, and in the future there will also be Rail Carpathia. Among others, we talk about Via Carpathia in the context of Ukraine, saying that Via Carpathia should also uh, connect Ukraine, that um, one part of this road should uh, run also to Ukraine. and the coast of the Black uh, Sea should be connected with the northern part of Europe, with the shore of the Baltic Sea. Thank you so much. Thank you very much.